Welcome to HIPAA Talk. Total HIPAA Compliance, host of this podcast, helps insurance agents, employers who offer health plans, business associates, and healthcare providers complete the required HIPAA documentation and training through our HIPAA Prime service. In this podcast, Rob McDonald, VP Customer Solutions for Vertru, a data protection company, talks with Jason Karn, Chief Compliance Officer for Total HIPAA. In today's podcast, Jason and Rob discuss how HIPAA security officers can protect their organization from ransomware and other types of malware. Rob discusses an action plan for small businesses. So we've seen a lot in the news today, these days, and we see about hacks, we see ransomware, especially a lot about ransomware these days. Um, what are some of the protections you think, as we were talking earlier, you know, low-hanging fruit that a HIPAA security officer can implement to try to protect their company? Yeah, I mean, geez, what an important topic. Um, I hate that we're even having to have the conversation, right? The fact that the threat model today includes things like ransomware, right? It has become a business, right? It's become your data has now become um, such a turn assembly line for uh, threat actors to exfiltrate and hold you uh, hostage. What, what a terrible thing. I hate, the, I hate that we're having the conversation, but we are. Think about how do we protect our data, uh, not only from a HIPAA perspective, right? All of our data. Who knows? will be um, exfiltrated because it's unambiguous, right? It just reaches out and grabs whatever it can, it can grab a hold of. Uh, to that point, you really have to take an approach to protecting your organization threat. And it really starts all the technology in the world in and of itself um, can't protect you completely and comprehensively ransomware if you do not have a component that is awareness training focusing on opening up your entire employee and, and those you communicate with now, don't forget that we're all in this together this is all a community when you share data with them or they share data with you you're intertwined whether you like it or not training is critical right i mean i know jason you uh, I have a similar thought about uh, awareness training. I think you guys are um, on that. You have to develop, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say definitely. I mean, that, that is, the, I think, the, you know, we always say the weakest link in that chain. You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And, and that's a glaring. I think that's an issue that all uh, security personnel deal with is how do I get my staff, how do I get my employees on board with this and making sure that they're protecting this data. Yeah. And I think – We've had the wrong, from an information security perspective, those uh, InfoSec uh, personnel, we've had the wrong mindset historically to tackle this problem. We've viewed the consumers, the end users, as consumers of the technology, not as a team member, right? We're all bringing things to the team. We all have to make sure that we're looking at the data from each user's perspective in a way that um, adds value to them, adds education to them, make sure they understand why they're uh, part of the data life cycle is critical. Higher profile stakeholders, and if, in doing that, bring a great deal of protection to your company just through that more collaborative uh, awareness training uh, culture than what we used to do uh, from an infosec perspective, which was very one way. Right. Yeah. That that actually 
you know, it seems in the past that there was a lot of trying to design around the uh, the user, the end user, instead of designing and saying, hey, let's make sure that the end user can actually use us or that we're working in conjunction with them. Yes. I mean, think about this. This is the way I always like to position this when I'm talking to organizations. Who knows best data that is created and, uh, and is stewards of that data? Those are the employees. How can you design a system or impose something on a system if you are not involving those that actually deal uh, with the sausage making every day, right? If Correct. you don't involve you're going to get a comprehensive plan. And that's really what the paradigm uh, change that I'm lobbying for is uh, awareness training and, and collaboration with employees to make sure that you have a free uh, of uh, those processes and, and day-to-day actions. Great. Um, so what other things do you think, uh, like low-hanging fruit, the other things we can think about, um, you know, as we go through this, you know, trying to come up with ways that we can protect a, uh, a company or practice? I mean, a couple come to mind that I think are really important. And, and one of them is just, it's just a no-brainer. And that is a thorough and tested disaster recovery or backup and continuity plan. And that really means, look, um, uh, a successful attack, if your data is going to be successfully exfiltrated, which means removed from your organization and held hostage, you really need to have a backup of that data. You don't want to be at the mercy like we've seen so many times in the news, okay? How many times have we seen a story, exfiltration of data, whether it be via ransomware or via a targeted attack, where the organization just shut down. You don't have successful backup strategies. I'm, I'm here to tell you disaster recovery and business continuity is a low-hanging fruit point today, and it's something that every organization that can have and can have through uh, a managed service partner or even on their own. This is no longer something that is difficult. Everyone can do this, and it's just table stakes, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. I mean, because if somebody's taken over with ransomware, has taken over computer, you've put in, you know, you have basic security things like having encrypted drives, and they get the they get the data. The data is encrypted to them also, but at least you have a copy somewhere else that you can say, you know what? Let's just wipe these devices and start from scratch, and we can maybe maybe lose a day's worth of work instead of six years worth of work. Yeah. And, and you know, I, and, and I know uh, there's a lot of talking heads in the industry saying similar things. Um, but I want to make sure that you and I can provide some actionable items today. Right. So when we yeah. talk about disaster recovery and business continuity, right. Start today. You know, uh, uh, the employees of your organization, you know, what software is being used, you know, what computers they're being used on. Start documenting it. Where is my data? Who is processing and where does it go from there? Just as simple as that, you can take that spreadsheet, that framework that I just outlined, and start indicating where you need to back up your data. So indicate and educate you to how you would back that up with that documentation because that will help you take the steps from having nothing or having very little to, okay, now I know where, where, where I need to go. And you won't feel like you're in a room with the lights turned off. You'll know 
we might be able to take that to a trusted partner or a managed service provider to help you go the rest of the way. But start today with a simple framework of where is my data, who is working with it, and how does it get shared being processed. Just a simple workflow diagram like that will help you immensely in exercises like disaster recovery and business continuity. We do that all the time when working with people on these other HIPAA compliance plans. And it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times people start and they go, well, you know, this is where you start going down that rabbit hole and figuring out, hey, wait, there's a lot more to this. And there's a lot more to keep getting my, my, uh, myself back up and running than just, you know, well, yeah. my data's here or my data's there, um, you know, really having a backup plan. I had, you know, to give an example of something that happened to me, I had a, my computer failed about uh, two months ago. And because I had good backups, I had a, a recent clone of my drive and all these things, I was able to get back up and running within, actually within about three hours. I just had to pop my drive, my, my clone into a new, into a new computer and we went and I was up and running again. Uh, but, and, and that was with a substitute computer before I had my actual new computer in hand. So I think having, you know, knowing where your data is, knowing how to get back up and running as quickly as possible is really key to, you know, making sure you're prepared in, when things go wrong. As, as we've said before, as we've talked, uh, it's not if things go wrong, it's when they go wrong. It's when they go wrong. Right. And can you imagine, right? Can you imagine those organizations you're working with, right? That um, as they start digging into it, then they realize, oh, but they didn't even have a starting point. If you have that starting point, it's always about, it's kind of like the writer's block, right? I don't know where to start. But when you start, you start realizing, you start getting empowered by, okay, I have a path forward. I can protect this data, right? And then you can start saying that you had those conversations. You were able to get up really quickly, right? You start right. those recovery point objectives and re recovery time objectives. For your organization, your CFO or your, your controller would be like, oh, that's amazing. We, we can be down for, for a day, but no longer because that will impact businesses. You can start setting these timelines uh, work towards. But it's all about progress, right? I know you guys preach that as well. It's making progress, right? Well, yeah, and, and I think the thing to think about too is you don't have to have a complete – it doesn't have to be a perfect plan that comes out at the, the first time you go through it. I think it's like you know, when you talk to people writing books, they, the, first, the first draft probably is terrible. You know, it's, it's not well put together. There are holes in it. There's, you know, there are plot issues with what's going on, and that's what that refining process is. And, and you know, as you were saying, you know, where do you start? I mean start in the middle. Start at the end. You know, where, where was the easiest place to start? But I think then it starts to fill in the rest of those, the rest of the, the plan. But if you don't start it, then you're, you know, when you do have that problem, you don't know where to pick up or where to find things and what pieces that you need to get to get things back up and running as quickly as possible. That's right. I mean, failing failing to prepare is preparing to fail, right? right. That will happen. And I think another area that is, uh, you know, we say low hanging fruit, but what we're saying is that look. There are things you can do that are not difficult anymore with a good partner on yourself. You know, another area that I think is is a no-brainer today is really look, take a look at that asset inventory. Take a look at your your uh, devices that are processing data today. Take a look at your strategy for endpoint protection. Do you have an antivirus system? Do you have a network antivirus system? Are you using solutions that are specifically targeted to ransomware? There's a lot of vendors that have now um, developed uh, solutions today that are very easy to um, purchase and install uh, that will allow you and give you a targeted protection against ransomware, right?
So you have, once you have that inventory list and you know where your data is, you can look at what I call critical assets, processing that data or transiting that data, and you say to yourself, have a plan in place to install and monitor endpoint protection software on that device and or on the network that it operates on. If the answer is no, great. Need to do that right and you can start executing down that path these that is another category i think that is um, um easy um today that was quite difficult to either doing it yourself or with a trust partner it's, it's no longer an option something that really i believe has to happen yeah so that i guess that brings up a, a a next question, what advice, what's your advice to a small company? I mean, we talk about, you're talking about a trusted partner. Say you're a small company, you've got, you know, five or less employees, you've got a small, you know, you're running off of a small network of, and maybe just a, it's a Wi-Fi network. What are some of the things that, um, that a small company like that can do that may not have uh, an internal IT services, but still has uh, PHI or, or, you know, it maybe even uh, PCI data that they need to make sure that they're protecting and they're you know, taking care of. Yeah, I mean, I think you just described um, the majority of businesses today, right? Uh, right? There are far more of these organizations that don't have the budget for on-site, on-premise, full-time IT staff. It's just the reality of, um, you know, that battle between budgetary responsibility and what your business size is. That's just the truth. Go back. I go back one question. I think start with documenting your data, who processes it, where does it get stored, and how does it get shared. And when we think of shared, oftentimes people think, okay, I'm sharing it outside the company. No. Go to another person inside the company. When does it exit the company? All the share uh, opportunities that take place. And sharing really means um, transiting data from one process to another and sharing it. Any of those scenarios um, are sharing. What that allows you to do a data flow diagram, a data map, is what is going to be critical to you um, to, to highlight at that point, which is what I would consider my next step for these small organizations are, what assets along that data pipeline, processing, managing, transiting, or PCI data, or anything sensitive to the company, right? Those are your critical assets. That... Um, corpus of data, you can then make decisions um, from a budgeting perspective. Okay, now I know where in the company I need to invest in endpoint protection, PCI. Okay, I, I now can see that my PCI data is transiting all of these systems in the company. I might need to now invest in a better network protection uh, firewall that's going to allow me to isolate that data. I'm sure you talk a lot about in scope or out of scope. Um, right. And you know, so if you you do this data flow exercise and you realize that all of your assets are in scope, well, then you may decide, geez, I need a way to make that not happen. And I know you talked about that a lot. But having that data that I just talked about, having that data flow, you can then take that to a managed service partner and say, look, this is what we have. I mean, they can help you build that as well. But at the end of the day, I think from for a lot of small organizations, if you just keep that simple uh, framework in mind about you know where does my data get originated and where does it go if you can just use that you know your business better than anybody if you can start there 
that gives you a leg up when going out and uh, shopping managed service providers or comparing them with others or vendors that have a security solution to protect files and protect data. But that is definitely where you, you want to start. Um, be my, if, I, if I could give one piece of advice to small businesses, small companies that don't really have a dedicated IT person, that is definitely top bit of advice for sure. We hope you enjoyed this installment of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions you'd like to communicate with our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotoHIPAA, our website, www.totohippa.com, or email us directly at info at totohippa.com.